of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, remember that Chinese spy balloon? How could I forget? Okay, of course. Just so you know, not a major breach. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, don't don't worry about it. I mean, Joe Biden, he says he has no regrets when it comes to how he handled that Chinese spy balloon, even though it flew across the United States over military installations and was equipped to capture communications. All right. But... He did this interview with Telemundo. The interviewer asked, hey, wasn't this a major breach in security to let this balloon go? Yeah. (laughs) The total amount of uh, intelligence gathering that's going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway... It's not a major breach. He gave up again. He did. What was that? Well, see, Scott, he's senile. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? You know, senility is not conducive to explaining complex concepts, okay? No, it's not. Golly. How is this not a major concern across the country? I know it is with a lot of us, but I mean... Among all the American people, what we just witnessed, I know there's a part of us that just gets used to this. It's another day. The president's senile. Mm -hmm. We had China with a spy balloon just waft across the United States, and no big deal because people spy on each other all the time. The idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway... I, yes. Uh, oh, please go on. What do you t- the idea that because to me I would finish that sentence with is shameful that we had a president who didn't want to do anything about it. Absolutely. And then if we had honest people in media, legacy media, they would say, "Why wouldn't we do something?" You know, we've heard that Joe Biden uh, was benefiting from some foreign entities, including China, because of business dealings with his son and brother. And that's pretty well documented. You don't suppose there's a conflict of interest now with someone like China or Ukraine? No one even wants to bring it up in legacy media because they're part of the problem. A lot of heads of states and their sons have business dealings with China. Right. Okay. Okay. Remember when they were almost ready to impeach Donald Trump because Ivanka had some trademarks in China? Yes. For like handbags or clothing or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Of course. Not to mention several years of, there's a pee tape. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And at the same time, think about the story you talked about the other day, David. It was the former award-winning journalist from the New York Times, now on Substack, uh, saying, you know what, we blew up Nord Stream 2. We blew it up. And here's all my sources, and this is, you know, basically the story. Mm -hmm. At the very least... You would think the New York Times would have something on it. The dude worked there. Yeah, I I think in this case, or at least in that case, it was all based on one source. And the guy in the intervening years since uh, his heyday Mm -hmm. has had some major misses. So I, I, you know, again, but you would think, you know, hey, somebody would ask, I don't know, Norway about it. Because the Norwegians were apparently part of this complex plan to blow up the Russian pipelines. Um and so, you know, is anybody going to ask, uh, I don't know, mine the sources over there, just say, hey, is there anything to this? Not only that, but our officials, including Biden, said, I guarantee you, Nord Stream 2 will be done <laughs> if Putin invades Ukraine. And there were others saying, yeah, that, that will be gone. And all of a sudden, kaplooey. No, it's the only time Joe's told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> But you do, you have all these different things going on, but no one seems to be curious enough to at least ask the questions. I mean, think of this before we move on to another story. The other thing we talked about this week is the House questioning Twitter about a number of different things. Because now we know the FBI was involved with suppressing stories. Okay, the FBI is corrupt We've got it from so many different sources from within the FBI. There's nothing on it this morning on Good Morning America or the Today Show. No. The talking heads we're talking about, uh, like on cable news, were saying Republicans are just embarrassing themselves. That's all it is. You know, I thought, you know, as far as these people that held themselves in such high regard as journalists, Mm -hmm. who knew you were just corporate shills? Yeah. That's what they are. Oh, absolutely. Jeez. It's embarrassing. Okay. And now we're here. Who is this that was saying investigating the deep state is projection? Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, Republicans have a uh, committee that is dedicated to investigating the deep state and the weaponization against political opponents, which we have seen with the FBI's involvement in a number of areas. And it isn't just uh, conservative MAGA people. In some cases it is, but, I mean, we had the story yesterday about the FBI infiltrating uh, Black Lives Matter-affiliated organizations Mm -hmm. to try to uh, get people to concoct uh, plans for terrorism. Yes. Um, Which I don't think they really needed much help, but the feds were going in there to light the match and walk away. Uh, But Democrat Jamie Raskin, the guy who was literally on this stupid January 6th committee, says this whole investigation, this is all just a waste of time. Hmm. Millions of Americans already fear that weaponization is the right name for this special subcommittee. Not because weaponization of the government is its target, but because weaponization of the government is its purpose. What's in a name? Well, everything is here. The odd name of the weaponization subcommittee constitutes a case of pure psychological projection. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean... Oh, my gosh. Talk about projection, man. Look no in the kidding. mirror, dude. Yeah. I mean, 
you have Democratic Party operatives who are talking about the real success of the January 6th committee, which he was on, mm-hmm. uh, was about uh, capturing or recapturing some votes in the midterm elections, period. They, they admitted to this. They said, yeah, we wanted to play this up. It is. It's disgusting. It was nonpartisan, though, David. (laughs) (laughs) Because you had Liz Cheney and (laughs) Adam Kinzinger on there. It's just laughable, man. Meanwhile, I saw this out of the uh, Wall Street Journal, that schools lost track of thousands of students who left during the pandemic. Lost track of? Just lost track of them. Don't know where they went or where they are. Don't know. Wow. Don't know if... We're just talking truancy. Just didn't go back. Don't know. Maybe they started homeschooling and it just wasn't reported. Just not quite sure. Holy cow. And again, you think about everything that happened with the pandemic and the way we handled it and what we did to the kids in schools. That's on a number of different levels, but this is one of them. I remember, you know, Kids losing their chance for scholarships, and then they just dropped out of school. Yeah. We had that report out of California. That was early on. And now, yeah, you just don't know if you have kids dropping out of school or, you know, it might be homeschool, but you really don't know. Not to mention how far behind we are compared to other countries when it comes to education. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to fix. Not saying you can't get there, but it's going to take a whole lot of work. And you had a story, David, about a robber chasing away, or a robber was chased away yeah. by an armed clerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, you can't defend yourself anymore. No, you can't. Well, uh, this has happened in Houston. A uh, dude showed up a couple weeks ago at a hotel uh, with a rifle and showed up at the front desk and was like, okay, well, give me the money, give me the money, whatever. The woman behind the counter, well, she was strapped as well. Grabbed her pistol, pointed it, and he ran away like, well, I'm not like a little female dog. Uh, and apparently he can be heard on the uh, surveillance saying, I ain't playing with you <laughs> as he runs away. Now, the interesting thing about I just wanted to end on a feel good story here that a, a woman who was armed uh, was able mm-hmm. to defend herself, um, which is a good story. Yes. I mean, that I, I can't believe that people want to take away that woman's right to defend herself. It, it is just crazy how far we have fallen from the Me Too movement. Wow, that is a great point. So do you think that's possible? The left will say, okay, we need yeah. to get the guns off the street unless it's with the ladies. <laughs> it's a start, okay? It's a start. Yes. Which, of course, from the left would include trans women. Where you'll have a bunch of dudes saying, okay, I'm feeling like a woman today. Here's my gun. You're not taking it. (laughs) Okay. Where does this ever end? But no, thank you for the good news story there. No, I mean, people know that a lot of times you can call for the police, but depending on where you're at, that might take an hour. Might take an hour and a half. You are not quite sure. Last time I called the police, I had this guy who looked like he was out of his mind on drugs uh, uh, standing outside my door and harassing me. And I, I called the police. I got put on hold. <laughs> called 911, and it was like, all operators are busy right now. Please stay on the line. Right. It's like some TV bit. Yeah. And right. Just, I mean, it is. Like it's some and, comedy show? Yeah, like a comedy. Here's some edgy comedy. Like, no, here's how real. awful my life is. Well, I called the cops. They put me on hold. And I'm, I'm sitting some here. Some danger field bit. I'm sitting here. I've got my gun trained on the door. And I'm just like, okay, at this point, I just want to give you all a heads up. I might have to shoot somebody. 
Sorry, we'll be to you in 45 minutes. Yeah. Wait time currently, 42 minutes. <laughs> Unreal, man. <laughs> Get a callback number. <laughs> Actually, I did. I got texted. Oh, you did? Yeah, really? they really? me a callback number. Yeah. Holy smokes. Wow. Uh, maybe you've heard about John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania. Remember he suffered a stroke? Yep. This is an awful story, man, about the people around him. Oh, my goodness. That and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You have the story and an update on John Fetterman, David. Yeah, Pennsylvania Democrat Senator John Fetterman. He had to be hospitalized for what was described as lightheadedness. Now, his office initially said it was for routine observation, but he was still in the hospital last night. And now suddenly it's very interesting that they can talk about the fact that he probably shouldn't be a senator anymore. And there may be more at play here, I think, why this is coming out now. And part of it, I think, is because the state legislature has sort of formalized now. The Democrats have a majority, so there would be Mm -hmm. no challenge to the governor if he were to appoint a replacement for John Fetterman. Now there's no challenge to that that authority. Um, He's been useful to them now. Right. Not so much. Right. So that that's at least my theory as to why this is all coming out. But, man, this story mm-hmm. in the New York Times about this is infuriating to me. Uh, according to the New York Times report, he's kind of privately acknowledging that he is not going to make any sort of semblance of a full recovery. Um, he has to come, or he, according to the report at least, he's had to come to terms with the fact that he may have set himself back permanently by not taking the recommended amount of rest during the campaign. Uh, His chief of staff was quoted saying what you're supposed to do to recover from this, his stroke that he had last year, is to do as little as possible. But he was forced to do as much as possible. He had to get back out on the campaign trail. Well, one, no, he was not forced. There was a decision that was made because he had the stroke just before the primary election. There would have been time to have a replacement. Someone around him pushed him to do it. Yes, and the thing is, he was not in the right state of mind to make that decision on his own. Right. And it was the people around him that did. Yeah. And so that that's you know, they, they talk about how it's not just auditory processing, which is what the line was, where sometimes he misses a word here or there. No, apparently in if he's in unfamiliar settings especially, he basically has a panic attack and all the voices sound like the uh, parents from the, the cartoon Peanuts. And they're saying because he didn't take the time off, he'll never really make a full recovery. And that, to me, is just a shame. And the people around him should be ashamed of themselves for not taking the keys away from Grandpa when it came to the campaign for Senate. This Remember be- when uh, NBC had the report and it was the young reporter, Dasha Burns, and 
she came out and said this and she got ripped mightily for it. He also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. Couldn't follow it. Yeah. She was being honest. Dude, you remember how bad she got ripped, Oh, right? my yeah. gosh. I remember, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Fetterman's wife, Giselle. She won a tirade that, that, in, tirade that NBC should face consequences for that. Oh, yeah. I think I still have that audio. You know, what a disservice that she did to not only my husband, but to anyone facing a disability and working through it. And I don't know how there were not consequences, right? I mean, there are consequences for folks in these positions who are any of the isms. I mean, she was ableist. No, she wasn't. She was telling the truth about your telling husband. Telling the truth, right. right. She's a horrible human being. She really is. Because yep, somebody who agreed. loves their husband doesn't let them do this to themselves. They have three kids who will never get a shot at having anything close to a fully recovered father now. Uh, according, if this report is to be believed, that he mm-hmm. would have had a better chance had he stayed at home. They sacrificed their kid's future with their father because they were addicted to the power. That's despicable. Yep. It really is. And not only that, it's not like Fetterman just out of nowhere had a stroke and that was the only health issue he had. He got a lot of health issues before the yeah. stroke. Yeah, see, I don't think people know that, though. No. You know, it wasn't really discussed at all. But you, no. were, you weren't even allowed to bring up the fact that you could tell when he gave speeches that he had no clue. Right. The cadence of his that's, voice. The that's how corrupt Understanding it. of the words. I mean, he, he didn't, he couldn't do it. And again, this is a guy that's running for freaking Senate. Yeah. It's the whole machine. That's how corrupt it is. It yeah. is awful. Shame yeah. on the, the, all these people that and, pushed him in there. And at this point, look, I know they were desperate to hold on to a seat. In Penn, they were desperate to have that seat in the Senate in the mm-hmm. midterms. The campaign's over, dude. Go home and try to recover. Uh, you have to for your for your kids. They're going to make him. He he was useful to them. Yeah, no longer. Well, remember was, too that he he went in there because he was lightheaded for just just going to check him out, make sure everything's okay. Yep, right. Now it's three days later. He's still there. Terrible. What a time we live in, man. Oh, did you see this on a lighter note? Well, it depends on who your dog do. Liquor sales passed beer sales for the first time ever. Wow. Yeah. Now you think about that. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Hard times. Do you think it's man. got because they want harder liquor? Yeah, they want to get they want to get goofier faster. That's canned cocktails. Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember when you first started drinking beer? You're like, man, it tastes very good. But something else that had some booze in it that might go down easier? Yeah, I, I. That's my theory. Younger people are like, oh, this tastes pretty good. Oh, tequila and orange juice. That's what you like? Yummy. Just yep. like Paul Stanley. Yep, that was me. Okay. Um, mass deportations. Is Biden considering that? We'll get to that next. Yeah, 
The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. You know, I'm almost out of my mind at the moment. And I hate to be that way on a Friday. You're feeling good. You're heading into the weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. Gonna have some fun. The corruption with this country, everywhere you look, is far worse than I think we ever imagined. With the FBI. With the CDC. I mean, what came out with Fauci yesterday. Yeah, he knew, too, that the mRNA vaccines weren't going to stop the spread. No one's reporting that. No one's talking about that today. Why not? Well, because nobody wants to admit that they were wrong about something. That's right. (laughs) Isn't that what you would teach your kid? Hey, when you're wrong, you got to admit it. Yeah. Own it and then move forward. I mean, we've all done that in life at some point in time. When mm-hmm. you know what, I I used to think this, but now I know better. I want to move beyond it. Right. We shouldn't let this happen again. But I guess when we've got so many people hungry for power and all part of a machine, it just keeps going on and on and on. And with Twitter, gosh dang. Okay, so were we considering mass deportations? Because that question comes up with Joe Biden. I'm like, I haven't even heard that before. Yeah, well, the Washington Post was reporting that the Biden administration is working uh, to deport a whole lot of non-Mexican citizens to Mexico. So people from Guatemala, Nicaragua, basically, for all intents and purposes, retroactively reinstating remain in Mexico, which was supposedly this horrible thing that Trump did to, what, stop people from crossing the border illegally, <laughs> Right. Well, anyway, Joe Biden was asked about it, and he said, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. No. So that reporting is completely wrong. What you just said is completely wrong, yes. So what's the, what's the policy that your administration is going to have in the, the border policy, after Title 42 is lifted? Well, the policy we're having is if, in fact, first of all, we, we engage the parole policy. Mm-hmm. For those five, those, Nicaragua, uh, El Salvador, Haiti, Venezuela, Cuba, and uh, the the okay, uh, hold on. The, uh, what is it, Scott? You're shaking your head. You're going nuts here. Slow and slurry and mumbly, <laughs> and the leader of the free world. She is shaking in his boots right now. <laughs> Listen to that. I know. This guy. I know. And every other leader of every other country goes, we don't lose to this guy. Right. Better get through the rest of the clip. The, the uh, immigration, the, uh, the number of people coming has declined uh, over 90%. Because there's a, a, whole, there's a regular Gosh dang it. it. Says this all the time. Yeah. No, no Compared way. to when. Right. Well, and not even... Using that metric, I mean, they, they've just, and he admits it here in this clip. It's, oh, yeah, because we're not counting them as illegal crossings anymore. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Because there's a there's a regular path to do it now. It's not. And right. what we're trying to do is I'm making sure that we make ask the Congress to provide us more security at the border. Okay. Shh. <laughs> I don't know what else to say to that, man. Yeah, well, you can't. got to get these people out. The country's getting destroyed before our eyes. And it's really sad, but it's also angering. 
I know we're making gains in a lot of places, and I go back to something we've talked about before, in that on a federal level, on a national level, there's only so much you can do. So you really focus where you live to make where you live the best it can be. And that can be school boards and city council, all those types of things. And I understand that is a great path forward. But while you're seeing especially what's going on at the border, and as far as we're going, how far in debt, and with money to Ukraine, it doesn't matter what the cost, forever. I mean, it's concerning, at the very least. Gosh, dang. And you know what? It's almost a whisper, too. I got to tell you, man, it's also so freaking frustrating that so many dopes in the country still look at this guy as just hardworking Joe. I know he's lost a step, but a good family man. You clueless moron. Read something other than CNN. (laughs) Okay, where's the Tylenol? (laughs) <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie says stuff. He says stuff. Why, Jamie? Why, Jamie? So mean? He says he's Christian, but he's so full of hate. Why do we hate? He's got a dark. Gosh, dang, man! All right, so let's just get to this segment. We do it every day at this time. As we're looking at stories all over the place, it might not be the biggest one, but it got your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Just want to say, I feel like I was right in suspecting that Britney Spears' father may have actually been the good guy all along. I'm with you there. With the whole conservatorship and all these people were saying, oh, free Britney, (laughs) because she didn't get a right to control her own life. Well, apparently her family tried to stage an intervention. Friends and family, because she's Why? off the freaking rails. Her her yeah. reign of terror has only just begun. People will die. Before we go any further, uh, if you're new to the show, when Brittany got her quote "freedom back," David mentioned time and time again that the reign of Brittany terror was starting. Yes, out of fear for her life, I think David. Well, out of fear for innocent bystanders. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a lot of things, man. You want the best for people. You do. You know what I mean? I know it's the Britney Spears story is just insane on a lot of levels. But in the end, I don't know anyone that wants harm to her. No, I don't either. I I just want her kept under lock and key. But yeah, but it's sad. Yeah, it is. Because it's like so erratic, right? Yeah. So her friends and family were going to be trying to or were going to try to stage an intervention for her. But it fell apart. And the word is because... She kind of caught wind of it, and so they realized, oh, no, we're not going to be able to surprise her. Uh, What they just need to do is, like, set up an old photo booth and just label it the naked selfie booth, and she'll be right there. Yeah. Man, oh, man. And then the husband, he's always around. I think he's helping take the pictures. Well, of course he is. I mean, yeah. Look, man, he's going to get in on that sweet, sweet cash and get to take naked pictures of Britney Spears. That guy's got it made. (laughs) He doesn't want an intervention. (laughs) He loves life. Oh, goodness. All right, Scott, what's your story today? Oh, man, that's a tough one. The opening act was the headliner today. Yeah. Uh, This is a story that begins in the University of North Dakota. Oh. Students there, eyeing an opposite-sex wardrobe, don't have to wait now. If you've got something cluttering your closets and you can raid a community coffer now, if you're going to tra- change genders, well, it's expensive in more ways than one, sir. Hmm. 
the gender expression closet was created to provide access to free identity-affirming clothing for students. The closet helps support trans, non-binary, and gender-diverse students feel comfortable and validated so they can be their authentic selves while pushing forward to their education. The closet is located right next to the Pride Center there. Time out a second, man. I want to paint a picture if you're listening right now. Okay. I'm sorry to do this to you, David. Yeah. Van Camp's so exasperated right now by that story. I'll paint the picture. The glasses came off. (laughs) The fingers went to the eyes. Mm -hmm. Closed eyes. But rubbing just in circles for a while. Then the fingers went to the forehead temples and then was massaging them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't make that up. You've had it with this whole thing, I can tell. It's so stupid. Uh, Well, you can browse through the collection, David. (laughs) Okay. And take what feels affirming to you. Oh, my gosh. These are single-user, gender-inclusive restrooms on the campus right there at the Pride Center. So if you're a person with a penis who's sick of gentleman jeans, you can make a break and head over there, get yourself some new fancy dresses. (laughs) to sashay with and if you're a potential birthing person on the prowl for those less part less girly things well three-piece suit just might be what your gender affirming doctor ordered and you can get them all for free (laughs) yes indeedy folks button down black leather jackets summer jumpers and slacks of Sweatshirts <laughs> recently folded and stacked and organized and ready for you to come by and get. Uh, thank you for that, Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, my story today is an update on a story we talked about yesterday. Um, the update is that the FBI has retracted the memo labeling traditional Catholics violent white supremacist. <laughs> wow. You know, I talked about that. The FBI has... <laughs> Use these different stories to support this faux claim that white supremacy and white nationalists biggest biggest threat to democracy in the United States. Yeah. Okay. And so part of that uh, was following these traditional Catholics saying, hey, this is this is troublesome. And it was a leaked FBI report revealing that their Richmond, Virginia division uh, was investigating the threat of white supremacy among Catholics who prefer Latin Mass. Mm. Yet those Catholics. Latin X Mass. I don't think they call it that, Scott. Uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but FBI headquarters then rescinded the report, claiming it does not, quote, open an investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. But it was pointed out uh, by the federal uh, the Federalist that this seems to contradict the document itself, which says its findings are based part on liaison reporting. According to the document's whistleblower and former special agent, Kyle Serafin, liaisons, quote, are overt contacts with trusted members of a community or an industry. That would suggest the FBI already had been investigating Americans based on First Amendment protected activity. And where does this go? Saying, okay, if you can label... You know, it could be you're anti-abortion, you're anti-critical race theory, right? Well, that's part of white supremacy. 
Because who defines what white supremacy is? You ask five different people, you might get five different definitions. Because as I pointed out yesterday, to some people, well, if you voted for Trump last time, you're part of white supremacy. But for the time being, the FBI has retracted that memo as far as labeling traditional Catholics violent white supremacists. It's nuts, man. Really is. I think I hit my tipping point this morning reading like four or five stories on different things. <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? No, I I know because everybody has that moment, right? Where you, you you're just thinking, what is going on? What is going on? What is going? Okay, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mentioned it before. A lot of times, it seems like one of us or two of us will hit that point on Thursday. Mm-hmm. When you get to Friday, it's the end of the week, and you're like, okay, it's nuts, but hey. We're going to make it through this, and it's going to be the weekend, and that's good. But it was. It was this morning. I'm like, we're so effed in so many different ways in this country right now. It's going to take a long time to undo this. Like the cartoon character where your head opens up at the top and, and fire just comes out of the top of your head. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And I, in the end, I think the most frustrating thing is that there are so many, in the peop- so many people in the country that I think are pretty much good people. But they really don't know what's going on because they're listening to the wrong people and they have no idea how corrupt legacy media is. No thing is they're afraid to say so if they do think differently. Yeah, and that's got to stop. I I know, but that's that's a heavy part, too. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um, As far as it being Super Bowl weekend, are there going to be any bets? Is this going to be the first Super Bowl there's no bets on this show? we got to go through some of this. Who are you picking, by the way? Me? Yeah. Uh, my heart says Chiefs. So you're picking the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah. You are. Yeah. David? Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> that was his early pick. There you it's go. It's going to be the comeback of the century. <laughs> Sticking with it. News update straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did you guys see this story yesterday? I can't even remember if we talked about this yesterday. Where you had Representative Angie Craig, Democrat from Minnesota, was assaulted in an elevator in her apartment building in D.C. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. So there was surveillance camera footage. The police department asked for the public, hey, can we identify this person? Can you help us out? So they got the guy, 26-year-old Kendrick Hamlin, of no fixed address, appears to be homeless, hmm. and apparently acting erratic in the apartment building. Uh, some people said it was like he was on an unknown substance. He got in the elevator with Angie Craig, started doing random push-ups. Hmm. Well, got to stay fit. That's normal. Get after it. You got to get all your reps in before you get home. Um, but then... Uh, the suspect, out of nowhere, with a closed fist, punched her in the chin area of the face and then grabbed her neck. And she defended herself by throwing hot coffee on him. There you go. Worked at least for the time being, called 911, and then, you know, she's asking for privacy. Yeah. Okay. And so, obviously, glad she's okay. Sure. 
then her wife, their four kids, apparently everybody's fine. Good. All right, that's good. And then I thought of something. We didn't see much about this story. But this one homeless guy did more as far as assaulting, you know, a member of Congress more than anybody on January 6th. That is true. Well, that's true. Yeah. They said it appeared to be a random attack. Yes. That is true. Yeah. He'll probably be elected senator. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it, it is interesting that the D.C. Council is still trying to convince Congress to allow them to lower the penalties for crimes like that. Unbelievable. Like what just happened. Why? Because they're insane. Because they're unjust. Because of equity? Or, no. These people need to be incarcerated. Mm -hmm. Or was it you, Scott, the other day that said you need to open up the asylums again? Whatever mm -hmm. it takes. Yeah. You got to protect people. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know what was voted second worst place for a first date? Second worst place? Yeah. Jeez. McDonald's. Second? Oh, what, what was number first? one? Yeah, I'm just ready, ready for the surprise? Yeah. Going to the movies. Really? Yeah. You I understand why. Yeah, you can't talk. You're just sitting there watching. Yeah. Yeah, Not really getting to know is, anybody. That is true. Yeah. I mean, I think it worked well for you because I don't get to know you fast, Scott. But anybody else. <laughs> I'm joking. All it's right. a joke. All right. Wow. Man. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, our president did an interview, and it was wide-ranging, and a lot of it nonsensical. Uh, yeah, yeah, I including the part where he was actually asked about his mental state and his age. Uh, so Joe Biden, this was this interview with Telemundo. He was asked about when he's going to announce his re-election campaign. Oh. What's stopping you from making that decision? I'm just not ready to make it. Huh. There, there's no, no motive behind that? No. How, how do you win Democrats again? Many of them are concerned about your age. <laughs> well, that's not what I hear. That's not, look, do you know any polling that's accurate these days? What? You all told me that there's no way we were going to do well in this, off your election. I told you from the beginning we were going to do well. What do you say? Uh, you all told me I wasn't going to do well in the off your election, and we did do well. Now, like he has something to do with it. Okay. No one's saying you're too old. Yeah. Uh, so not no what he's talking. hearing. No one he's talking to. He may be right about that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but he has no idea what people are saying all around him or reported stories. No, and the people okay. he does have contact with are all like, "You're never too old, Joe." Got it. Yeah, I suppose. Y'all told me I couldn't win my the general election. We did well. I feel good about where we are. I feel good about the way things are, and I feel good about the reception I get. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's awful difficult to. Uh, poll these days you know you guys i'm not don't hold me the number but i think you have to something make like 51 calls to get one call through 
and ask, ask any pollster how accurate they think their polling is. Yeah. Okay. But look, uh, it may be that, uh, you know, I run and I get clobbered, and if I run, I win. I mean, that's not my motive. That's not the base upon which I make the, the judgment. What is going on? He's trailing off to where yeah. it's, you can barely hear what he's the, saying. Yeah, yeah. The, that, that's, that's obviously the sign of a guy who's sharp and with it when you just sort of trail off. And, uh, hmm. We're we're in Florida, which, as you know, is the home of two uh, probable contenders for the presidency. Would there be a difference? What? I don't know. They got cut off. That part of the interview got cut off. Yeah, there he started asking about uh, Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump and, uh, uh, like, which one would be more problematic. And Joe said, and I quote, "Uh, I've never made a decision to run based on who the opponent would be. Which is a total lie because he said that he ran for president the first time because Donald Trump was president. That's right. So, <laughs> yes, and then we had the whole, you know, finer people hoax. Yeah, yeah. or fine people hoax. Yes, that was it. Veins in their neck, and he went off the whole bit. Bulging veins. Yeah, that was it. Ugh. Of course, everyone talks about his age. If it's not his age, it's his mental state. Yeah. Because it's pretty well documented, you know. Excuse me. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, um, Yeah, when they've had doctors talk about it, it's like, listen, if you're to ask me if that was my father or my grandfather, it'd be like, yeah, we got to go get him in, get him checked out. There are some dementia signs there. Yeah, because if the, I mean, obviously he's older. I mean, if the guy was 42 talking like that, they'd send him to Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, man. It is. It's true. Yes. Never backs down. Past 20 side months, 29 months. Right. Some of this is pretty well documented, mm-hmm. you know, over time. For the automobile automobile industry. No, no. Then the automobile industry. <laughs> I don't Autom- know if I've ever I've never heard that. I've one. never heard that either. Really? The, no. Automobile oh, yeah. industry. <laughs> Sometimes I just bust stuff out. Just keep your own. He ran up that hill twice. Automobile industry. No, no. Then the automobile industry. <laughs> the automobile industry. industry. Yeah. Is that when they go back and say, see, he suffers from a stutter? Yeah, right. That's a, that's a stutter, okay? That's and the stutter is. keeps him from knowing where he is at what time. Yeah. Wow. That sort of thing, right. If you attack innocent Americans, <laughs> we will follow you to the end of the earth. But flying a balloon over the United States, no problem. Yeah, what? No problem. Uh, no problem there. Okay, got it. Um, David, I think you have an audio clip, and I'm guessing it's just to trigger me in some sort of way? Maybe a little bit. Uh, so okay. there have been millions of illegal immigrants come into the country, and many of them without ever coming into contact with law enforcement. The, this is the known gotaways category that you might hear about, uh, which actually undercounts the real number, because... That's just the known gotaways. Correct. Uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro (laughs) Mayorkas says, hey, we're working on it, but it happens all the time, okay? Look. What? So gotaways have been a challenge from year to year, regardless of the administration, whether it's more than a million in the early part uh, of this department's administration or it's hundreds of thousands over the ensuing years but what we are doing is we are dedicating people oh no you've been saying the same crap forever we're doing everything we can which means you're an utter failure 
I mean, of course, we all know this is by design. Yeah. I mean, not even you are that bad. It's just that you want to change the country from the inside out. That's what it's about. Can we get the dog collar for that guy yet? (laughs) And zap every time he lies? Physical assets and an increasing reliance and use of innovative technology to enhance our visibility and our interdiction capabilities. Whatever. You know, why why is it then that, you know, Jay Johnson, who used to head up Homeland Security under Barack Obama, it was, uh, what, maybe a year and a half ago when this was really starting to obviously spiral out of control. Mm-hmm. I think he was on MSNBC and he said something like, hey, remember the unaccompanied migrant crisis under Obama? He goes, that was like 800,000 people or something like that. And he goes, this is like triple what they're dealing with. What was potentially a catastrophic political crisis for Barack Obama? Yes. It is wild, man. But no one even reports it outside of Fox. Newsmax, whatever. Bill Malugin for Fox is down there all the time. As far as the rest, no, well, Biden's going to go to El Paso. See, he's he's taking this thing on. And then you'll get the mealy mouth reports of it, but no one follows up to see what's going on, what's happened to the border towns. It's disgusting. Meanwhile, Southwest Airlines in the news, David. Yeah, well, Southwest Airlines, remember they had that massive meltdown yeah, in December, where it was like six, more than 16,000 flights had to be canceled, a couple million people stranded wherever they were, partially because of inclement weather and also because of scheduling issues. Now, we have a new one of my – like, this has been like a whole week of Christmas for me when it comes to bureaucratic middle manager speak. <laughs> Remember earlier in the week we heard, uh, well, whoa, geez, what was it? It was the DAG to explain why we missed the spy balloons. It was a domain awareness gap. Correct. Which is, uh, that's just a wonderful phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the uh, Southwest Airlines chief operating officer, Andrew Watterson, testifying yesterday, gave me a new great term, which is we did not have operational resilience. Nice. And that's what happened. You see, we didn't have operational resilience. I Got love it. that stuff, man. Yeah. Operational resilience. Yeah. Well, well, the word fail, it's just so harsh. Yeah. And it's not loving. Yeah. Well, there, there's a... What a, are you supposed to say? The head of the pilot's union also testified um, and said, oh, yeah, Southwest Airlines is being held together by duct tape right now. Because yeah. of out, out of uh, uh, basically uh, out of date technology, yeah. uh, there is no communication among you know management and the pilots and everything. So it is just a complete mess, and this kind of thing was inevitable. Wow. Yeah. Oper- what was it again? Operational. It was, what? Uh, uh, it was they lacked w- operational resilience. Okay. <laughs> Even the NFL. Yeah. Looks at that and says, you know what? We're going to put that in the repertoire. That's pretty good. <laughs> Operational resilience. <laughs> Next time good. we fail, that'll, that'll be really good. Okay. Um, who is being sued now, David, for racial discrimination? Oh, I, this is one of my favorite stories of the day. Oh. There's a dark money super PAC uh, that uh, does a lot of stuff for Democrats. Uh, almost raised a billion dollars in 2021 Okay, uh, for Democrats. They are being sued now for racial discrimination. 
And some of the details in these lawsuits are hilarious to me. So one is that the, this organization is called New Venture Fund. They're, they're a dominant player in the democratic politics. They operate a network of liberal organizations. Well, it turns out that they have at least allegedly paid black women less than their white counterparts for similar jobs. Uh-oh. Yeah, these are the woke DEI people, right? Uh, it was the Washington Free Beacon that had this story. The best claim for me, uh, well, there are two of them, actually. One is uh, she, one person is saying she was forced to act as a race coach for white executives obsessed with discussing racial dynamics at every turn. So woke, rich, white, liberal. <laughs> And then at one point during one of those sessions, the white executive questioned whether Walker, whether the woman was actually a black woman because of her light skin color. So all these people who are, you know, re doing the work, Ibram X. Kendi, you know, reading White Fragility mm -hmm. by Robin DiAngelo, all that stuff. Yeah, they, they're so obsessed with race that they turn around full circle and just become straight up racist. <laughs> <laughs> it is the stuff that you can't make up. That is so dang funny. Yeah. That is fantastic. So Race coach. Yeah. Talk Needing, to us about how to talk to black people. Hey, you're black. Needing, Come on. What are you, really black? Diversity hires, please. Yeah. <laughs> with this group. It's incredible. Okay. Uh, huddle up. Everybody go out there and blame somebody else. On three. Go. Race coach. Yes. I guess you're getting ready for the big game. Can't say Super Bowl, right? We can say whatever. I know. Uh, so I see this stat with the Super Bowl. 50% of people will watch the game. Okay. Sounds that's, about right. You know what? That's huge. I mean, in today's environment. Oh, of 50% course. of anybody agreeing to watch something. Wow. Yeah. 43% don't care who wins. No. Right. Which is probably true. And, you know, I saw this other piece talking about what are some of the most irritating things about the Super Bowl, and someone mentioned people that don't know the game asking all sorts of questions. Mm -hmm. It just sort of happens, right? You ever been in that boat where that's irritating to you? Mm. Yeah. Or people that don't know that are commenting like they know what should happen Yeah. Mm -hmm. as far as calling plays? Yeah, I think that's pretty irritating too. But I do realize this. When it comes to just asking questions... When the World Cup was going on, and they had it on at my place, that'd be like my son-in-law, some other people. I was that person. So what? Why don't they? What does it mean when they did that? Why did that penalty get called? I didn't yeah. understand different parts of it, but it was on, and it was like, okay, it's like this shared sort of you know community gathering, I guess, of or a shared experience, which I get. I didn't really. You know, wasn't that into it. And at the end, I'm like, I still, it's boring to me. Yeah. But I understand the part if somebody doesn't understand it, that they're going to ask questions. I felt 100 yeah. years old yesterday when one of my coworkers said, are you looking forward to the halftime show with Rihanna? I said, I don't know any of her songs. <laughs> oh, come on, man. I don't know any of her songs. You really don't. I don't. I'm surprised by that. Oh, please. Okay, we'll get into more of that <laughs> right. coming up a little bit later. A teacher in California got fired for refusing to lie to parents. We'll get to that and much more coming up.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp. Scott Robbins. Sorry, I'm laughing. I saw that headline again that Luke Skywalker's apparently gay. I have to get to that a little bit later. I'm not even. I'm not the Star Wars what? guy. That's David. Luke Skywalker is apparently gay. gay. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the headline. We'll get to that in the next 20 minutes. Wow, progress. Um, I did see this California teacher. This was at Red State. Uh, fired from her tenured position. Why? She refused to follow her district's policy of keeping the gender identities and preferred pronouns of students a secret from district parents. How dare you tell those stupid parents what's going on in their kids' lives? I know. How dare you? Yeah. So uh, last summer, she was flagged by her district um, saying, hey, wait a second. Uh, got to go through some of these questions here. Um they get to the part where, as far as our policy in this district, when you're talking about preferred pronouns and gender identities, uh, you can't be honest with the parents about that. They ask. And, well, Jessica Tapia said, I'm not going to lie to the parents. Uh-oh. Well, then you're not following district policy. She said, well, so be it. You know what's even worse about this? What's that? Jessica's a committed Christian. Oh, well, now. Hmm. We'll have none of that. Apparently, this got flagged in the beginning because of some of her social media posts reflect her beliefs about a lot of different issues. And some kids saw it and said, hey, that doesn't seem to be in line with where we're going as a society. So then the district got involved. We'll see where this goes. Um, that seems like that's against the law. Crazy. Um, another story that uh, I happened to see was the <laughs> mass layoffs that we saw over the last couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really been prevalent the last six months or so. Yeah. That's the reason for the hiring boom right now. I know we said that like a year or so ago. Yeah. That's also very much still in play. The hiring boom or the mass layoffs? The hiring boom. Okay. When we're talking, you know, Biden, and I'm sure we're going to have another clip of him talking about the job creation. 60, That's what we're all about. 60 gazillion. Uh, n- well, not so much. No, because a lot of these industries are still coming back. Yeah. Like service industries. That's where these jobs are coming from. They're not created out of thin air. Oh, no. They're, they're just refilling jobs that yeah. were lost during the pandemic because of government overreach and telling people that their jobs were non-essential. And the other thing is that you got, you know, it's very specific sectors right now that are businesses and different industries that are uh, having these mass layoffs. Yahoo just announced another yep. massive layoff round. So a lot of tech industries, which were booming uh, during the pandemic, are uh, kind of up a creek without a paddle. Yeah. Which, by the way, makes me think of work. Rihanna, Scott, big song, Work. You said you don't know any of her songs? Just uh-uh. get ready for work, 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 don't you know that song? I probably have heard it. So there you go. I didn't know it was her. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I knew you knew it. I thought re- that was on your playlist. A lot of lyric there. <laughs> well... Are you trying to say that she's not great at writing lyrics? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What if I said I had proof that she can write great lyrics? 
Well, when did you become such a Rihanna expert? Do you want an example? Sure. What do you think of that? I, you know, I have no more questions, Your Honor. Okay. Just let the music speak for itself. You know exactly what she wants. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that's the biggest story of the day. <laughs> more on the job, boom. That's not. Coming up in just a few. And Luke Skywalker, apparently gay. Coming up. Van Camp and Roddick Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, and of course, the sexy boomer, yep. Scott Robbins. I don't know if you knew this or not. We should show a little appreciation. Uh, our president right now, sure, he's got some shortcomings. I have that. But historic, when we're talking about job creation, mm-hmm. you know that, okay? More jobs in the 14 months I've been president than any president ever created in American history. I mean, he's talked about this several times. He talked about it early on. He talks about it a lot. Just talked about it again the other day. Created more than anybody in history. But there's another story to this. Well, yeah, of course there is, because they're lying when they say most job creation ever because it's really you're talking about uh states reopening after the pandemic jobs being filled that were lost previously it's not the same thing as new job creation it's not the same thing as new businesses popping up and more people being hired more economic activity you know you don't get credit for just refilling the bucket a lot of those are restaurant jobs right you created them joe yeah right okay yeah, you don't have more chilies popping up left and right. It's just that the chilies have been able to reopen. Uh, anyway, a White House economist named Gene Sperling gave some crazy cool McGurkin while talking on Fox News when it comes to job creation because, you know, Biden likes to lie about this. Here's the setup with the anchor and then his answer. Okay. Some of his critics are saying that millions of those jobs are just jobs where people went back to the same job after COVID and that actual job creation is much smaller than that, says the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They say only 214,000 manufacturing jobs and 2.7 million overall jobs if you're talking about jobs that were created. Well, that's not the standard for how we measure jobs created. (laughs) What? Yes, it is. It always has been. What are you talking about? But anyway, what he says, uh, what he went on to say is all of the jobs that were lost, not the same jobs, but all the 10 million jobs, about 10 million, have come back. But there are about 2.7 million additional jobs beyond that. So there doesn't need to be a debate about this. It's 2.1 or 12.1 million jobs that were created under his watch. And that represents a historic comeback, which is not true. That's like saying if I had $100 in my wallet, I lost my wallet and then, you know, tried to, uh, I don't know what, got a paycheck, and I got $20 out of the ATM. Mm -hmm. And then I found my wallet, and now I have $120 in cash. I didn't make $120. I I just found my $100, and I had an additional $20. Right. 
Yes, that does make sense. <laughs> what you're saying. You know, when, when he brought sense. that together at the end, then I went, oh, yeah, okay. Because I'm like, where's he going with this? $100? Okay, now I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it does remind me of the whole, you know, if yeah. one spouse says to the other, I, I just saved us right. $300. Yeah. Really? How'd you do that? Well, I spent 700 but it was 30% off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, see, we're still those 700 behind. Yeah, but I saved us 300 Right. Why do we have two couches? <laughs> was it two for one? 50% off if I bought the second one. <laughs> yes. You know, I want to switch gears to GoFundMe, because this is the thing about GoFundMe that ticks people off, oh, yeah. and this is why there's alternatives popping up. Oh, because yeah. this has happened to somebody else. Well, this is a crazy story. A 73-year-old rancher in Arizona is being charged with murder for killing an illegal immigrant who was on his property. The details are really vague right now. The dude's name is George Allen Kelly. Uh, so on January 30th, the Santa Cruz County Sheriff's Office got a call about a possible active shooter. The caller identified as Allen. It's interesting that the guy's middle name is Allen. Don't know if he's the one who called the cops or not. But he said a bunch of people were running, and he was unsure if he was getting shot at as well. Well, then later, uh, they got another report about shots fired at the property. They found a dead Hispanic male who had actually been caught and deported multiple times over the years. Yep. Uh, so he's being held now. George Allen, Allen Kelly, the rancher, is being held on a million-dollar bond. And he's thinking, my wife is elderly. She can't take care of the property. She's actually in hiding right now because she's afraid of backlash um, to what happened, whatever transpired on their property. Someone started a GoFundMe campaign to help get him out. Yeah. GoFundMe killed it off. Yeah. <laughs> they, they said no because he's a violent criminal. Like, dude, they were, they were just hosting a fundraiser for a cop killer. Okay, so when GoFundMe says, well, listen, anybody that has been arrested on violent charges, we can't allow the GoFundMe. But it does seem that that's happened before. Oh, of course it has. As long as it's sympathetic to the left. <sighs> it's so frustrating, man. I know that there have been some alternatives that have popped up, and that's certainly what's needed here. And in Arizona, if someone's on your property, they're there illegally. You have the right the way I understand it. Isn't that the way you understand yeah. it, David? Well, that, yeah. that's that's the weird thing, and I, I don't know what all the circumstances were in this particular case, and everything I've read on it has been very vague about what went down, and it does depend on the circumstances. Um, but, you know, again, I just think this is one of those things that can't happen when you have a border crisis that's uh, spiraling out of control. You know, this guy has claimed that he's been shot at on his property before. And so you have people in a defensive posture automatically. Mm -hmm. Eventually, this is going to become more and more common if this continues, because there are people who are worried for their own safety. Well, when you have heard the stories of different people where, you know, they whether they have a ranch, they have a home near the border, people are coming, coming across illegally. I mean, they're tearing up people's, you know, yards, homes, some cases. You don't know what you're dealing with on a number of different levels. To mention cartels. So, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a white-knuckle ride every day. You don't know what you're dealing with. Well, people dying on your property. Oh, yeah. 
And now what? Yeah, that's happened yeah. a number of times, too. Um, some other news out there today, and David, I thought of you when I first saw the story. Didn't know if you knew, you cared. Um, you've been a Star Wars fan for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, from what I'm understanding, uh, something we didn't really know, but apparently Luke Skywalker is gay. <laughs> okay. What? Yes. Duh. Apparently there was a deep dive into this subject because people have tried to say for a long time, you know, Luke Skywalker, gay, gay. Maybe not Based come out. On what? Because he's clean and neat. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking a guy that really doesn't understand. Yeah, I don't either. I don't well, I mean, I understand Star ah, Wars. It's just not yeah. not been a, a fan. Um, but the way I understand it, I don't know if you've seen the story, David. Uh, but now Star Wars Wiki has officially listed Luke as an LGBTQ plus character. And the judgment was based upon a short story released by Lucasfilm. And Mark Hamill himself has endorsed the idea. So it's now considered to be officially true. Mark Hamill, okay. of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Why do you say that, Scott? Well, because he's one of these lefty loudmouths online. Got it. Um... Any reaction to this, David? I, I, I did not realize that the Jedi had a don't ask, don't tell policy, but here we go. I guess so. You know, I happened to see this at Hot Air, and I forget who it was that wrote the story. Um, David Strom. There was part that I, I got to admit, it made me laugh. Um, because it says Disney has been on a mission to rewrite the entire canon of Star Wars. Yeah. And just being an observer of that, I've seen it over time um but it's interesting because <laughs> it said as we all know a male even a gay male is inferior to strong brave hyper competent women who are in turn inferior to trans women especially if they are minorities because luke skywalker turned into a truly pathetic character over the years to elevate their chosen New hero, Ray, the female, superior to Luke Skywalker in every way. As he says, and tell me if you agree with this, because again, I'm not a big fan. Luke became a pathetic old man living alone on an island, drinking blue milk from disgusting space cows, while Ray bests him in everything. Yeah. Yeah, okay. really, yeah, yeah. And then, like, the final battle that he had when he disappeared or whatever... He wasn't even actually there. It was weird. It was very weird what they did to that character. Okay. Basically turned That's into why a, so many people yeah. were not happy with it. Yeah, it was just kind of... It was strange, that that entire thing. But I guess it's okay now because he's gay. I that, I just wonder what what goes through the minds of people who sit around and look at classic movies and decide who is and who is not gay. Like, who thinks, you know what, we need to make sure that guy becomes... We need... To make sure that guy becomes gay. Well, it's because you have to have representation even in the past. Just to, like shoehorn that in there? I guess. I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's way more plausible that Obi-Wan Kenobi was a groomer. I think that hmm. that was something that, uh, to my knowledge, was introduced by uh, Family Guy. Because really? Because it is, is kind of weird that you have this old hermit in the desert who takes in a young boy named Luke Skywalker and teaches him some ancient religion 
It says, you know, then they go on this space flight across the galaxy mm. together. That seems very odd as well. Ever well, since the I saw that. The one thing about the whole Luke Skywalker's yeah. gay thing seemed anti-gay to me. In that, you have all these other, you know, say, heroes that kids look up to. Right? So the Avengers people. All mm-hmm. that, right? So now you see what happens to Luke in his old age. Right, and then when he gets defeated, you're saying, "Well, he was gay," or are you saying because he was gay, he got defeated by <laughs> Ray and she bested him and everything? See, that could be an, construed as anti-gay. Next thing you know, Curly's going to be questioning. <laughs> was it Mo? Which one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Talking to the three three Stooges. Yeah. Which little rascal? Curly didn't come out, but he was questioning. Well, obviously, Alfalfa man. He's he overcompensates. Right. <laughs> with that hairstyle. Very confident with that thing sticking up he's, in the back. He's closeted, though. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, this story not, uh, there's no disputing this. Anthony Fauci now admits the mRNA COVID vaccines hardly work as yeah. far as stopping the spread. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he knew it when he was telling everyone to get vaccinated. This is a peer-reviewed paper that he's a part of, that he helped write. Yeah. Why is no news outlet covering this? Because they can't let it go. Because, I mean, honestly, if they were to report this, then they would also turn around and admit that they lied to people for a couple of years. That's true. Well, now doesn't that give, like, legacy media an out? Hey. Yeah. You actually knew this, Dr. Fauci? He's not a part of it anymore. He's retired. But they just can't. Not at this point. Well, Joe Biden told us that it's the epidemic of the unvaccinated. Yeah. I mean, he from the bully pulpit. Wow. You know, I read a piece talking about the 10 questions a COVID commission should probe about our pandemic Ooh, response. I like this stuff, yeah. 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 Well, and I, I don't know that we'll ever get the real answers. But at least you cannot get kicked off Twitter now for at least asking the questions. Right. So we'll get to that, and we'll get you set up for our big Friday Five coming up. Just a couple right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. They saw this at the Federalist. Ten questions a COVID commission should probe about the U.S. pandemic response. Ready? See if you like these. Yeah, I want to hear these. Okay. How about what could have been done to better protect older, high-risk Americans? Hmm. Yeah. Say maybe not uh, send people back to the nursing home. Yeah, cram them into a nursing home. That'd be a good one. Yeah. 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 Start there. Andrew Cuomo, how you doing? Uh, Two, why was natural immunity to COVID ignored? Gosh dang. (laughs) How many times? Why? Why was it? Got to get the vaccine. Got to get the vaccine. What if you just had it? Yeah. And you had the antibodies? Yes. La, 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 la. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Uh, three, why were schools and colleges closed? Yeah, good idea. We knew early on in the pandemic uh, that surround, you know, 
kids, little risk there. Yeah, but they took it home to grandma and killed her. Remember? <laughs> they knew early on the chances of that were of not good. Of course they did, but that was the narrative. Why was COVID prioritized over other health problems? Hmm. Couldn't go in to get screenings, checkups, return visits when you knew you had something. You'd have my spleen removed. I'll give it a month. (laughs) See if it gets better. Why did the CDC fail to collect accurate data about the virus? Well, yeah. Yeah. We should know that. Why did public health officials trust unreliable models when they know that they're unreliable? It's almost like you're trying to sell something. Through a pharmaceutical company. Hmm. Uh, why was there a concentrated effort to demonize potential COVID therapeutics? God. Horse dewormer! Well, because Donald <laughs> Trump took some. Yeah, he yeah. suggested it. Why did the public health officials disregard safety protocols for the vaccine? I, I don't know. I still want to know. How could you say, yes, absolutely, kids age five should get this, when there were so many other countries saying, no, yeah, absolutely not. How Why? M- how many other massive vaccines are there that you have to sit there for 20 minutes to make sure your heart doesn't stop before you can go home? I don't know the answer. Totally to safe. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, how did the United States get its COVID testing policy so wrong? And why the massive push for ineffective mask mandates? Gosh, dang. That did so much to kids in schools. It's a lot of questions that, yeah, really like to know the answers to those. Okay, Friday 5, something we do every Friday. Kick off the weekend with a countdown. It's Valentine's Day coming up. You mentioned it, Scott. We should do something. Yeah. David had the idea of combining two different lists. I like that. We've never done this before. What do we got, David? Well, uh, songs with red or roses in the title. But not necessarily together. Not together. Either one. I mean... Red or roses in the title. Or rose as well. Or rose. Got it. It's a fun list. It really is. You want to get in early. The number is 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five. Songs with red or rose. Roses in the title. We'll kick it off next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's that time of the week. Friday five time. Let's roll it. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f- out of here. All right. The Friday five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Friday five. Of course, do it every Friday. Take a little break from news and have some fun today well we got valentine's day coming up robin's mentioned that david said hey we've never done this before what if we combine songs with red in the title and songs with rose or roses in the title wow mm-hmm. yeah so that's what we've done it's a really good list it is a good list 
I mean, there's a couple of songs that maybe should have made the top five that didn't, mm. but that's what makes this fun. And we rank it by how big a hit or how iconic is the song. Does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? We put it all together and we have our five. Again, the number's 210-619-2053. Who's up first today, David? Well, let's start off with Woody in Vancouver, Washington. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Y'all mentioned first dates earlier today. I once took a first date to Billy Bob's, Texas. Not a bad location. The thing is, it was a double date with my parents. Her name is Mrs. Woody, and that was 30-plus years ago. Yeah, man. Good job. Yeah. it's awesome. My song, Toby Keith, Red Solo Cup. Oh, man, that is the Robin's favorite. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Go ahead. Let's have a party. You know you want to sing along. Red Solo Cup, (laughs) I lift you up. Let's have a party. That was from my boozing days, too. I really like that song. I was in country radio when that song first was released, and I just started. And I was out there with uh, the morning show host at the time, uh, who was a total drunk, but had a great set of pipes. Wow. We were drinking together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we were at a bar just getting to know each other. That song comes on, and he goes, Dave, do you have any beep? idea how many times we're gonna hear this beep song over the next six months get ready that's let's right. get some more wild turkey over here come on that's right. in that red solo cup a prophet yes sir all right who's next uh let's talk to phil in portland hey phil hi hey phil hey how's it going great thanks for checking in what do you think yeah, of song with red I roses just... I wanted to say something. There's something just came over the wire, this breaking news. I don't know if you guys heard this or not. <laughs> they uh, they just released the contents that they found inside that Chinese spy balloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They found thousands of teal-colored loofahs. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's amazing, isn't I it? I think the balloon was headed for Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't it. A lot of disappointed people if that happened yeah. didn't get there. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Yeah. Anyway, my song is uh, Little Red Corvette by Prince. Well played. Number two. Are you on Top 40 Radio and that yeah, got yeah. played, right? Yeah. So was that one of your favorite Prince songs or in one the top of my five? favorite Prince songs? Yeah. No, probably not one of my favorite Prince songs, but okay. it was in my top five, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a big song. That's oh, yeah. a test of time or two. Yeah, that deserves to be there. Good song. Yeah. Well, and if you had the album, you got the longer version. Right. Because there's an extended jam in there. I know you, Top 40 Wines, didn't have the time to play because everything had to be under four minutes. Right. That's why we never went to the bathroom when we were on the show. show. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) All right, who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Thanks for checking in. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with uh, 99 Red Balloons by Nina. Yeah. Yes. Number three. The Robin's dance has been unleashed. 
fist just above the shoulders, if I can paint the picture, and a little tilt back and forth. Yeah, a little you, got, you got it going on. Okay. So you would have been in your 20s when this was a big top 40 hit, right? What year was it? I don't even remember. 83? Yeah, it was 23. Yeah. It was on my second job already. <laughs> okay. So would you go out to the clubs and be dancing to that? I didn't, I didn't go to clubs. Hardly ever. No. What? No. I went to Top little, 40 guy? Yeah, I got off the air at 10 o'clock, walked down to the little bar down the street, and that's where I sat. Wow. Yeah. No, I was not a club guy. I didn't. wasn't into the scene, man. You were a top 40 guy and not I know. the dance well, I, scene? I, no, I didn't wow. go to a lot of those things. Okay. No. All right. That's a big song, too. Yeah. Okay. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Portland. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Love your show. Love everything you do. David, I'd love to hear some more of the who scream every time you make something happen. Um, love that <laughs> part. Love that yep. part of the show. Um, <laughs> Scott Robbins had one the other day, something about a wiener or something. It would have been perfect, but hey, it's not (laughs) it. One of the 96 Grammy Awards, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Best Pop Melt Performance, Seal, Kiss from a Rose, and the best thing, it's from Batman. Yeah. (laughs) Number four. Okay, I'm interested to know this part of this song, where you rank it, Scott, on Test of Time. I don't know, six, seven, I guess. Okay, that's pretty. You were out of the room when David and I were trying to figure it out, and you being the top forty guy would think you would have had a yeah, better feel. But that's about where we out. had it. Yeah, yeah somewhere yeah. around there. Okay, I love the song. It was a big, big song. No doubt about it. David, you're holding back. I can tell. Well, I there's I, I don't have the audio right in front of me, but there's th- this song I love just because it it gave rise to one of my favorite videos that's ever been on the internet and it's a drunk guy on the ground singing this song to his cat <laughs> and wow. was his name robbins and that drunk guy <laughs> is on this show yeah he's like the cat's just sort of sitting there staring at him like what's going on with this guy and he's going baby <laughs> It's the Friday Five, the countdown we do every Friday today in honor of Valentine's Day coming up. It's the greatest songs of all time with Red or Rose in the title. Who's next? Uh, Let's talk to Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Uh, Hey, guys. Uh, Happy Friday. I was going to go with uh, Mr. Cabo Wobble himself, Sammy Hagar singing Red. Oh, yeah. It's got to be there, man. Yes. Sammy Hagar not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. Yeah, that's a shame, too. Not this song, but uh, Sammy Hagar's Trans Am came up on one of my playlists the other day. That was a okay. delight. Yes. Trans Am. Yeah, dig that. Did you know he redid that song again, by the way? Did you know that? Trans Am? Yeah. I did not. Trans Man. It's on his new album. <laughs> and that's where we need adultery. Right there. <laughs> Got to telegraph, telegraph that to me, Scott. Yeah. Come on. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to uh, Noel in Virginia. Greetings, comrades! Noel! Noel! I understand that the camp has an OnlyFans account now to earn extra money so his wife can be at home to raise their children. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. right. And his, on, and his on-site name is the Naked Plunger Guy. <laughs> also known as Captain Love Handles. Yeah. Yes, and, 
And, and when he heard about this, Robbins was very dismayed, and he asked, aren't there any good wieners out there? <laughs> <laughs> so many references from earlier in the week. This is hilarious. <laughs> oh, I got a, a poem for you today, and it's an homage to our chief mumbler, and it's titled, Our Executive Poet Laureate. Awesome. Magoo's speech. Okay, it goes like this. Magoo's speeches are full of word flubs. It's girls' heads that he sniffs and then rubs. Joe's far from a saint. Garrison Keeler, he ain't. And he'll soon raise the cost of prison jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. like that one. And what do you got today, Noel? What I got today is a song from... Robin's favorite group, and I'm sure it must be number one because it's Red Marchetta by Rush. Oh, Rush, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, as a big Rush fan, yeah. is this in your top five Rush songs no. of all time? What? No. Not in my top five Rush songs of all time. No. Really? No. Top ten? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Wow, I this I, lo- I love the song. Don't get me wrong, I love the song. But it, I really so much. Stuff. That's got to be in my top five. There's so much stuff from Rush. It's just it's hard for me yeah. to, to do that. Well, man, that, if you had the album, side yeah. one of Moving Pictures. Oh, it's great. And yeah. that's the second song. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Scott in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey, Scott. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, Good Scott. Thanks for checking in, man. Uh, incidentally, I have been drunk laying on the floor singing before, but not to a chat. That was just last night, actually. Um, <laughs> Good one. I, I went to uh, high school in the 80s, and uh, I was a musician. I'm the guy that always brought the acoustic to the parties, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had The, the ladies loved it, stuff. man. You know they did. Yeah, oh, they did. And there was a <laughs> song in particular that would get me some action. And that was Bon Jovi, Better Roses. <laughs> oh, man. Harmony. That one part where Sam Boris singing way up high. Oh yeah. Holy smokes, man. Seriously, it's really good. Oh, this is it here. I know you're not a Jovi guy, but I have appreciation for that. I love the guitar solo in that song too. Not afraid to admit. I gotta tell you though, I thought he was going in a completely different direction. With the song pick he had. I did, too. I thought he was going to nail number one. Yeah. Did you, David? I Were did. Were you yeah. for it? Yeah, uh, I did, too. The way he set it up? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, still, number one is out there as far as songs with Red or Rose in the title. We already have our number two, which was Prince. Number three, 99 Loop Balloons. Four, Kiss from a Rose. Still looking for number five. We'll be looking for that forever. That hunk of garbage. But anyway... We'll wrap up this countdown in just a few right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got a news update less than 15 minutes. Of course, the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day. But first, got to wrap up our 
Friday Five Countdown. Greatest songs of all time with Red or Rose in the title with Valentine's Day coming up. An old Robbins classic right there. Lady in Red. Krista Berg. Huge record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we already have number two, Prince. Number three, 99 Love Balloons. Number four, Seal. Kiss from a Rose. Still looking for five and one. Who's next, David? Let's talk to Joey from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hey, boys, it's Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) The president of the United States, uh, Joey, uh, Joey Balloon Biden, lunchbox man over here. (laughs) Thanks, uh, lunchbox Joe. Lane lunchbox Joe. My dad always said, uh, uh, anyway, what the hell? Uh, Anyway, so. So this is the reason that my wife was uh, was caught laying the laying the smackaroo on the first lady's uh, husband there because uh, the red red wine from UB40. Well, yes, yeah, well, that's sure right. Was. Yeah, that's number five. I just gotta ask, just because it wasn't in my five. Mm-hmm. Who had that high to uh, get it in? Scott had it high. Yeah, I had it pretty high. To get it in. Yeah. You like that one? Oh, yeah, I like it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was researched like crazy My it, when I was in top 40 anyway. I don't know if it still does or not, but. Yeah, red wine to drown his sorrows and to keep him rocking, if I remember right. right Do you know any cool guy ever that drank red wine to drown his sorrows or no. to keep himself rocking all night? <laughs> Blame Neil Diamond for that, okay? He wrote Whoever. That. Yeah. And then they had the. Reggae infusion of UB40. Yeah, they were big, they were a big deal for a while. Two songs sucked. Okay, who's next? <laughs> let's let's talk to Chuck in Michigan. Hey, Chuck. How you doing, guys? Good, Chuck. Thanks for checking in. What hey, you, got? you bet. I'm surprised I got through. So um, I was listening to a bunch of different music yesterday, and Red House by Hendrix came into mind when you were talking about Red and Roses. So that's what I'm going there. One of my favorite Henry songs, yes. I didn't figure anyone would call for it. Uh-oh. I just got the stink eye from Robbins. Like, uh, like a rolling of the eyes. Sorry okay. it's not UB40. It's all right. I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Jimi Hendrix Blues, nothing like the reggae infusion of UB40. UB40 was a bigger record. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, because you top 40 wanks. All right, who's next? Let's talk to Jimmy You're in Oregon. You're playing Trickster records. Shut hey. up. I'd rather play Trickster than UB40. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. Hey, hey gentlemen. Uh, my helper said the one that drowned his depression with red wine would be Johnny Depp, but that might be incorrect. Um, I believe the song The Rose by Bette Midler. Yes, Most another one. song ever done. Baby dog tells Bette Midler, kiss her honey. <laughs> you played that at Top 40. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. not, not the Jim Justice. I was going to say, what version Virginia. is this? <laughs> the special Van Camp version. Bette Midler had thrown out that, you know, that everybody in West Virginia is illiterate and whatnot. And, so he shows up with his dog and says, kiss my dog's ass, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let, let's talk to Dave in Oregon real quick. Hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Good. Dave. What you got? Good. Hey, 
uh, every rose has its uh, poison. Poison. Dude, you're going to have a great weekend. Number one. Well, you played that top 42. You played it too. Yes. Rock Radio. Number one in top 40 for three weeks. Yeah, you were really rocking when you played that one. Rock Radio too. Hey, every rocker has his soft side, Scott. Was that in your 5 o'clock traffic jam? Shut up. <laughs> Maybe. Big song. That's a test of time, too. That was a fun lunch. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David. Back to the news side. What's the biggest story of the day? Biggest story of the day to me is that Joe Biden really doesn't consider the Chinese spy balloon to be a, a major uh, threat to national security. No, Isn't that he doesn't. Crazy. He bases that on what? His hunch, right? Because uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe past business deals. Uh, huh, what? <laughs> Am I crazy for maybe suspecting that? Gosh dang. Then maybe, you know, there's been some influence along the way. A bunch of hunters' paintings fell out of the balloon when they shot it. <laughs> That's the thing, man. When you talk about the Hunter Biden laptop, I guess we should never say that again. It's about Joe Biden's corruption because that's what it's really about. But we'll get to that and the Robin's trifecta coming up right here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, before we get to the Scott Robbins trifecta, did you guys see the story about Google's AI chatbot, Bard? How much money they put into this thing? Oh, no. gosh. It's like the, massive. The wave of the future, man. Yes. And, you know, it's supposed to compete with Microsoft. Because that's been unleashed and, you know, reviews are big. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, have this big to-do about, man, this chatbot Bard, it's great. So they do the demo. In the demo, you're asking Bard a question. Without getting too deep into it, we just cut to the chase. Bard doesn't answer the question correctly. How does that happen? I, I don't know. Well, it happens every day on our news. <clears throat> right. <laughs> yes, but this is just sort of a factual question uh, that's being asked. Got it. Okay. And it can't get it right. It's amazing when I was getting deeper into this story. Uh, what new discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about? So then the chatbot responds with these bullet points, including the claim that the telescope took the very first pictures of exoplanets, or planets outside of the Earth's solar system. Well, the James Webb Telescope didn't discover exoplanets. <laughs> and so the people that know this are like, hey, that's wrong. <laughs> this, is, this is nonsense. So next thing you know, Google's parent company, Alphabet, has lost $100 billion in market value. <sighs> Oops. Oh, man. In one day. My goodness. After this happens. And, you know, you can see why. Remember Google Glasses? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, they knew this like ahead of time. This was a presentation. And you got it wrong? Nobody checked it? Man. <laughs> wow. That's crazy to me. Did you have another news update, David, before we got to the Robin Strifecta? Oh, well, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but Joe Biden was talking about campaigning for re-election during that uh, uh, interview on Telemundo. Yes. Well, I've heard, I think, probably three-fourths of that interview, but yeah. not the entire thing. Well, he was asked who would be a tougher opponent in 2024, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis or former President Donald Trump. Okay. I think, well, I had that clip. Yeah, well, he says, I've never decided to run or not run based on who the opponent will be. That's not true. No, it's not, because that was the entire point of his original campaign, was that he said he got into the race because of Donald Trump. Right, and that's when he talked about veins and necks and all that stuff, because right. he saw the white nationalists, and, mm -hmm. and he's like, I've got to do something to stop this. But here's the clip you're talking about. I do wonder if you think there would be a difference between running against one or the other candidate in terms of polarization. No, I don't think so, because I think that uh, they have a similar modus operandi, a similar way in which they, they work. Um, but I, I really don't know. I've never decided to run or not run based on who the opponent will be. He's so used to that guy lying all the time. Yeah. I don't even think he knows it sometimes. And don't you figure, too, the one thing he actually got right there is that as far as the way the media sees those two guys, well, I mean, you know what's happened to Trump over the last seven years. Right. But if DeSantis ended up being the nominee, oh, imagine the amount of nonsense we're going to hear. Already starting to. Oh, yeah, there's already like, oh, well, Ron DeSantis is way more dangerous than Donald Trump. Okay. here That's the problem with calling all of your political, uh, political opponents literally Hitler. You You can't like make them more hitler it it, it doesn't work that way <laughs> more hitler than hitler yeah <laughs> yes wow that sounds like a white zombie song doesn't it yeah it does. more hitler than hitler, hitler, than hitler. <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready for your big three of the yeah, day all right go. let's do this are you ready One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta! Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, the Scott Robbins top three stories of the day. The trifecta always... Casey. Helped by... Hi, it's me, Casey. Buddy, you looking forward to the weekend? I'm ready. No, I said are you, I'm asking you a question. Are you I'm ready. Hey, Fetterman, are you looking forward to the weekend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Let me repeat that. Yes. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Well, you mentioned John Fetterman, the Democrat yeah, senator out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, he had a stroke last year, and the campaign when he was running for Senate uh, really hid how serious it was. Ugh. And now they're doing it again because he had to go to the hospital again for lightheadedness. And, He's still there. Yeah. And so the New York Times has this article describing how basically him taking on the campaign after his massive stroke mm -hmm. pretty much guaranteed that he's not going to make any sort of real recovery. Yeah, the New York Times article uh, on Fetterman makes it very clear that his incapacities and health challenges are far graver than we were told they were. 
They went on to say nothing but the best wishes to Fetterman as his recovery. I'm not laughing at the news. I'm laughing at every single story that these idiots are months behind on purpose. They say that. uh, The urgency to recall how aggressively and deliberately the media lied about this to elect him. Right before the election, an NBC reporter named Dana Burns did her Dasha most, Burns. Yeah. Da, sorry, Dasha. That's right, David. Did her uh, most basic job by honestly reporting Fetterman seemed incapable of speaking and understanding her. It sounded like this. Mm-hmm. Here, he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview, before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. She was raked over the coals for that. Yeah, She was maligned. She was mocked for that line. That line. Well, she told the truth. That's against the rules in that club. Yes, it is. So all the suspicions that Fetterman was lying about the severity of his stroke and his recovery were more or less true. Because, of course, they were. Yeah, not, not more or less. They were actually true. They were, yeah. Part of this article from the New York Times talks about how he, he really cannot... It's not just minor auditory processing issues. The guy literally cannot understand when someone is talking to him. Right. And and especially if it's in a high-stress environment. And then they say, look, the, the way you recover from a massive stroke is you have to take it slow, steady steps. Right? Mm-hmm. He didn't do that because he was campaigning for Senate. And now he's a sitting United States senator. And, I, I mean, the idea that the the hunger for power just completely robbed him and his kids you know some sense of normalcy is just despicable to me yeah and yeah. i i'm old enough to remember because gosh you got to go in the wayback machine here like a few months it was just an auditory auditory processing issue that's what they said republicans concerned about his health were what ableists yeah and bigots and bigots yeah but- I mean, we could play different. I mean, there are like five different clips you could play when he was asked questions, and they were these answers that made no sense. But if you pointed it out at the time, yes, you were also demonized for that. And you had the White House even, Free Jean Pierre saying, well, he's just as capable as always. They all lied. It's the doctor who okayed him was also a doctor who gave him a ton of money as a campaign donor. Yeah. Ridiculous. Well, and we talked about it at the time. Yeah. These people you know, should, I mean, they're responsible for this. Oh, agreed. Him and the wife and, golly. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top three yeah. of the day for Scott. Two. Number two, uh, migrants, remember they were unhappy with New York City because that place is a dump. Right. And then they moved to Canada. Yeah. Now they're going back to New York because Canada's too cold? Well, David, it is cold in Canada yeah. after all. Uh, migrants were saying, hey, we just want a quieter, safer life. Man, we don't like New York because you got a bunch of drug addicts and crazy people biting their own face and foaming at the <laughs> mouth. and We don't want this anymore. 
So so Adam said, okay, fine. Here's some bus tickets. We'll send you to Canada. They get to Canada, and it's snow, ice, and cold. Hell with this. Bring us back to the drug addicts and people biting their own face. That's what we want. So now they're coming back. They'd rather have that than be cold. You're killing me, man. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta. And now at number one. Uh, Whenever you say biting their own face, it's always going to make me laugh. I can't help it. Well, now you're telling me that NFL fans have had it with politics in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're done with it. This polling is really something because it's weird to get America to agree on this much. Okay. But according to a poll conducted by the Trafalgar Group, they asked likely voters, do you believe that sporting events like the Super Bowl should include political or cultural statements as part of the game and coverage? Or should they just focus on the game itself? Now, an overwhelming majority, 84.4%, answered that sporting events should, quote, just focus on the game. 10% said the political and cultural statement should be included. 5.5% saying, we don't know. But it gets better when you break this thing down a little bit. Democrats have had it, too, with the injection of politics into sports. 76.7% of likely Democrat voters said the NFL should simply focus on the game. Only 15.6% of Democrats said the messages should be included. Now, for Republicans, of course, and independents, just focused on the game option was the majority, 93.4%. So it's a pretty interesting result, I guess, especially given the fact the polls skewed more Democrat and female. But still, they've had it with this nonsense. Why do they continually do this, thinking this is what America wants? Well, and sometimes it's not even during the games. It's the promos they run yes. during the commercial breaks and, you know, insert whatever league cares with these empty statements that do no good to anybody. But they're trying to get, you know, the woke mob off their back. It is, and you just roll your eyes. But like, I want to get away from this nonsense. Your customers say, no, we don't want this. Yep. We don't want this. We we watch this to escape that. Right. Agree. And there you have it. Yes. See, Scott Robbins. See, Joe Biden is bringing people together, after all. <laughs> there you go. All right. We got to get to another news update. Um, and, of course, Nimrod's in the news. Oh, we got to figure out. Are we betting anything on this Super Bowl? Prop bet the game anything? Maybe. All right, we'll lay it out there. All coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, and a news update, David Van Camp. All right, so we've been watching from afar, obviously, the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. It all happened very quickly, but as they're setting up the new government, we're seeing more and more brutal restrictions on women, on freedoms in general, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not surprising at all, even though we were told by this incompetent administration here in the United States that this was a new Taliban that knows the world is watching. So I want to bring some levity to the situation, even though it's hard to find levity. Okay. I see this uh, article in, uh, in, in Business Insider. Some Taliban fighters are sick of the 9-to-5 grind. 
Because now they're in Kabul working in government jobs, and it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Here's here's, uh, some of the highlights from this report, which was compiled by an independent journalist who'd interviewed multiple fighters who had been fighting for the Taliban for anywhere from 6 to 11 years. Okay. Okay. Some Taliban soldiers have been installed in positions of privilege in the government, but whisked away from their gun-toting rural lives as holy warriors and now clocking in as mere pieces of the ruling machine. Taliban soldiers say they've become jaded with city life. Uh, They've gone from watching the skies for drone strikes to grappling with everyday urban battles like internet addiction and difficult bosses. (laughs) This... (laughs) That's so hilarious, this, man. This, this section here is called Missing the Time of Jihad, when things were simpler. <laughs> the Taliban like used before, to be... They we used had to purpose. Be, we were on the road. Right. <laughs> we were like a bunch of brothers together just, you know, partying, working Blowing hard. stuff up. Yeah. We had a common purpose, and now we're in this crappy life of nine to five yeah. and bosses and internet crap yeah uh huzaifa a 24 year old sniper who now works at a police district in kabul says now we just sit in one place behind a desk and computer 24 hours a day seven days a week you do the same thing every day life has become so wearisome we're connected to speedy wi-fi and internet many mujahideen including me are addicted to the internet especially twitter and the traffic is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. Let's get back out on the road. Come on. <laughs> Thank you for that update. Yeah. That is hilarious. Okay, I saw a stat. Uh, you can tell me if you believe it or not, because I get the feeling you won't. Every year, New Year's resolutions. Mm. Mention it briefly, and I know both of you guys think it, what. Who cares? It's New Year's. If you want to do something to change, change at any time. 76% of the people who made a New Year's resolution claim they've stuck to it or mostly stuck to it. Good for them. So the New Year's resolution (laughs) wasn't tell the truth. Rob, it's good for them. (laughs) What are you going to say? You're not happy for them? Uh, Of course. No, you're delightfully happy. (laughs) When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Today, starting in Northern California, a dude named Michael Razzo. I'll say this. If you're going to break the law, do it with some style, I guess, and with some effort. He he did that. He led cops on a high-speed chase. Um, he drove until he reached a dead end. Then he tore through three separate backyards before his vehicle got totally stuck. So, so he got out and ran. Spots a motorcycle. Steals it. Rides off. But cops are still chasing mm-hmm. on his tail. So he hops off the bike. Ran to the edge of the Sacramento River. He's not going to jump it. Yes, he jumps in, starts swimming across it. Gets to the other side, climbs up a tree. Police wow. got to it, circled it. Finally came down and cuffed. But, I mean, that's a show, isn't it? Win a contest? Yeah, it Something. Yes, he was wanted for questioning regarding an armed robbery that occurred earlier that day. It's California. I expect him to be out by tomorrow. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.